Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Grain or rice, a, a, a grain or rice, is going to tip the scale. Just remember that, lad. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. For missing what the show, then we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. All right, folks, uh, how are you all this morning? Um, all under the threat of level five from Neffet. Hopefully, the government might see that. They might just put Cork on level seven, so we won't have to listen to them and leave the rest of us on level two there and the dubs on three, chop the dubs on four as well. No, um, you're very welcome this morning. Coming off the, the back of the weekend, we have the usual suspects and we're delighted to have Ger Cunningham with us as well today. Uh, great to have you, Ger. How's the farm? Morning, good day. All good this morning. As you say, under the, under the threat of level five, it was, just, it was a bit of a damper last night when that came through, I think, for everybody. A bit of deflation coming home. To hear level five as a possibility after you know we had a great game in Parky Key yesterday, <laughs> fantastic county final and uh, that was just to put a small tap around it like you know but other than that fine thank you. I know. The only positive, um, the only positive about the level five deal, this, all right. This is Mark Landers. This is Mark Landers, no less as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, I, I was getting plenty of text messages there yesterday about level six because the United were bet six one. But if Carlsberg did weekends, right, then came level seven. <laughs> Liverpool beat seven two by the Villa. Oh, I'll tell you this much. What a what a weekend. I must say really crowned off a fantastic weekend. Level seven is what I'm hearing now at the moment. Yeah, level and level seven and I'd say he's on level nine at the moment, uh, also with us uh, from home, I'd say today, not the office. Mr. TJ Ryan uh, and warm congratulations from everybody here on the examiner team. I know if Hoagie was here or Derek or Ken, uh, we'd all be saying the same. What an achievement, three in a row kid going up there to, to South Galway. And um, no doubt when they get a gal in the porter into you today, they'll be talking four in a row, TJ. Yeah, thanks, Dale. Yeah, great, great win, great achievement by the lads. And, um, Look, just I suppose nice. The three in a row is a nice ring to it, and uh, I would say that's that's me done. But uh, in in the short term, I'm hoping Tony Hulhen will let me up there for the afternoon. So I don't know when this lockdown is coming. So I'm hoping to speed you up here, Dale. All right, and maybe maybe do we need to cover Cork today? And maybe we could just kind of just no. go just a very a very quick run around. But does that in Cork only only two things? The 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 Carlands playing against the place they live in. Uh, they had to shite out of each other last night and then went to have, and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they, they poked head out off each other and went to that penalty shootout. And the other thing, TJ, there, we've no Christmas bonus to get because Mark Landers made a mess of our base by tipping Castle Lines to win the, the Premier Intermediate. So, <laughs> TJ, we won't be going to East Cork uh. to collect the ball. Like, you must be the worst tipster. You must be the worst tipster. I mean, we went straight with our bets. You divided up your bets. Yeah. And you still couldn't come up with a winner. Says, says your man that fell at the first <laughs> hurdle, like, yourself and the Bill, Bill Larry and TJ, all gone in the first weekend, like. All gone early, yeah. yeah. 
was no teasing. There was no teasing with us. And, and the pressure was on yeah. TJ, let me tell you, because we had all Thomas's well, in that bit. <laughs> TJ's crowd delivered, Dale. We, 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 we had Kula um, up and we had St. Thomas's got up yesterday, Belly Hill, Napier Sheik. And Jesus cast the poor old, I said I call him Spanana, some last to us now, I can tell you, on, on, on Saturday night in the county final. Yeah, final. yeah. Uh, Plus minutes. Lose a man like that too is, is is massive. Dello, still to be fair to Mark, I think he, he deserves a lot of credit in fairness. He tipped the Rockies from a long way out. Um, there was Warden the Street was, he was on a 12s, he was on a 10s, he was on a 8s. So he had, he, had, he had us well warned and well tuned in fairness to him. So credit where credit is due. I don't, I don't remember that at all, TJ. I don't remember Mark <laughs> tipping Black Rock at any stage this year. Did you hear anything about that, Joe? <laughs> no, I just only coming through to roost there. No, you know, I did. I was. I wasn't involved in those betting at the start of the season. But uh, I was wondering, uh, sitting alongside Landers and up in the upper echelons of Park of Kiev, why every score that Black Crock got was was greeted with a, with a fist pump. So, <laughs> absolutely, because they were beating, absolutely. Because they were beating UCC, John. Game <laughs> against Douglas. I, Douglas was the first game. I said, "Why? Just why is Landers shouting for for Black Crock? He must be friendly with Fergal Ryan and John Brown and all the boys." But now, now that it's come home to roost. We have the real reason. I have felt there to Fergal Ryan just and John Brown. Yeah, and, and Mark, rumor, rumor, rumor has it, Mark, that the share price in Petty Power in Middleton at least might go down around lunchtime today. Like <laughs> when you go in, I don't want to talk figures now, but there's talk of changing cars and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? The happiest person in our house at the moment is my wife, Jackie, because she wants to do a small little bit of an extension to the back of the house. And I said, we can't afford it. <laughs> this morning she was up early day and reminding me of the extension. Jesus, telling the missus about the bets, I tell you. That's the end of the You wouldn't catch TJ on that one, I bet you. <laughs> TJ, we start with yourselves. You were atrocious in the first half, TJ. I text, I text Mark. I says, "TJ's in trouble here, kid." I said, "One six to nine points after playing with the storm," <laughs> and you, and you, and you delighted it was going out at and Ryan in that pure stadium to avoid the wind. Like, I know. And um, in fairness, condition the, the forecast was brutal actually for yesterday. But it didn't rain during the game. But the wind was strong enough, and it was just gusty as well as it wasn't kind of a constant strong breeze. But we didn't, we didn't kind of handle maybe the conditions as well as we normally would. And the five or ten minutes before half time, we had a couple of AM the shots at the post where we normally be good to use the ball and stuff like so. To go in a draw at half time wouldn't have been actually on the cards like for us. Like we, we thought the win was definitely worth a couple of points. But you know, when you have a backbone of Finton at three and Shane Cooney at six and Davy Burke and James Regan in the middle of the field and Connor Cooney leading the attack and Dara Burke, it's a strong spine for a club team and they're tremendous leaders. And you know, you can't win. I count the championship without guys like that and to win three in a row is testament to all those guys. And I suppose I, I, I need to also qualify the other Kevin Lally was manager of the team. It is a name that you will hear of down the road. I'm no doubt about it. He will be involved. He's actually just jumped in with the Galway under-17 team there for the rest of the season. But he's a name that you will hear of down the road for sure in, in future inter-county management. Yeah, I know Kevin. He's, a, he's, an, he's an absolute gent as well. Like he, He's a top hurling guy and... and you did a great job together. But, you know, I was making my few notes, Tej, as it was going on, like, and, and I have to say the streaming was first class and the analysts as well were a bit of a step up, like, from what we'd be used to there um, with Cork games there lately. <laughs> two All-Ireland winning, All winning managers there as the an analysts and Michal Dunahu and Sir Farrell so, as yeah. such. Um, and, <laughs> no, uh, but it was great covers. But I, I wrote down, uh, just it's here in front of me now, the notes from yesterday. 
Thomas's need the big guns now, and Jesus, did they stand like starting as you said with Finton at full back? Like what a second half display that man give! Like he, I, I, I again I wrote down Finton Bork totally defiant, you know, and to that kind of full back play <coughs> we'd have associated with with Lohan and the Ro- even yourself when you went back full back, TJ, despite beating the ass off streakers when they came onto the field, there was a defiance. There was a defiance about. About Finton, I thought that fed up through the field. Like, you know, he won the first couple of balls and he came out and he let the fist up and kind of said, you know, come on, we're not beaten here. Yeah, I know he's, 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 he's a real powerhouse. And I suppose, the truth be told, you know, like he would have kind of made his name at wing back there and centre back for, for the club. And it was a question. We played him wing back in the first game. And I suppose I have to give credit to Claude Gagan, actually, winning the selectors. He kind of talked us into moving him back to full back there, kind of in about halfway through the championship. And I think he's going to pose a problem or a question, certainly, for the inter-county selectors. I, I wouldn't be for moving Dahi Bork away just very, very straight away, right? But he's certainly an option there if they wanted to play Dahi somewhere else. Now, I know Dahi was carrying injury yesterday, but I will agree with you. He's a proper leader. He's a gent as well. Like He's a, just a, lo- a lovely all-round guy. And what, what a performance again yesterday. I, I know Conor Cooney got man of the match, but I'm sure Finton was, was, was very, very close. Yeah, I know. And Conor got a brilliant goal to set you off, I suppose. But I, w- I would have had a nothing against Conor. No, he's some men into the wind to step up to those frees. I saw you yeah. running across the field there, having a word with him there to, for the one to level us. You, yeah. you did more running yesterday, TJ, I'd say, than a lot of your career. I did, I did, I did, I did, I did. <laughs> well, when, when you were under the cash playing the breeze down the second half, I kind of felt this. We needed, we needed every inch. But like you said there, like that was a vital free. Like when they went to point up there with, I think it was about seven or eight minutes normal time left in the clock. They were playing with the breeze. Like you would have thought that this is going to be very, very difficult to get home from here. But that free was huge to bring it back level. And believe it or not, they were actually... Um, Turlock didn't score from their home. They got no score in the last 12 minutes of the game playing with the breeze, which is a fair testament to our full defence. Like. Yeah, and I, I thought their best player was, was Sean Lennon up front. Like, you know, he, very tricky, loose. I know he's a nephew of the great Sylvies. Um, but the wide he had, TJ, that would have put him two up and you would have been right in line with it because I could see... Uh, and I, I, I had crossed off four and had him down for five. For five, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. this was nearly the easiest chance but that would have put you two down into the wind and might have been huge in terms of the psychological effect. Yeah, we were in the room we were last night there in, in the Lady Gregory and Gart. Um, we were watching the game and that, that was a critical moment, I would agree with you there, to go two up there. And as you said, like, he had a fake game. He scored four points from play. He was, he was elusive all day. It was tricky to mark. But that was a real, I suppose, one that got away from them. And I'm sure if they watch it today or tomorrow, that's the one I think they'll be talking about. To go two up there would have been huge. But... I have to say, in the last 10, 12 minutes, our guys, they oh, my God, the shoulder was to the wheel. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. The hunger, like Torlock haven't won a county title in 35 years and to outfight him and out, like, if effectively just basically outbattle him down the stretch. It was just incredible from our philosophy. Yeah, did you, get a, did you get a big reception in Gart? Were there many outs along the road there in Gart to welcome you into the town? No, I think that, that that's um, on, on, on the cards for later, later today. I think all, all the lads will be out. <laughs> we know where this is going. Will you be going to Josie Hearts with the cup? Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to call in there for one letter on today, Della. Will, will you book me a table? I will. I'll ring Josie. There's no problem. He'd be, he'd be thrilled with Thomas's winning. Like, you know, he'd be the very same as me being delighted to see no market winning the championship here on Clare. Like, you know, I'd be just delighted. Like, you know, he'd be happy for your neighbours always. Like, but Clare. Yeah. Um, 
Tej, um, you you had a small. I, I mentioned how often you were on the field, and it was very noticeable. Now I have to say, we've this new iPad in the house here, and the picture is unreal. Like to be honest, which is better than the television, and uh, that's what I had you on. Like um, that ex Galway footballer Barry Colnan spotted you going over a question on the lines when they were in the second half. <laughs> I think it was Sean Loftus had a shot and it was disallowed actually after being given. But you had a word with the ref. You you got the linesman to change the ref's mind, I think. No, and yeah, Barry, was... Barry took exception to that, TJ, did he? For whatever reason, um, there are, there's a lot of people in Galway that don't like me having a word with referees. I've never given out to any of them. Okay? I'm just, I was really just, just trying it's to not exclusive. It's not exclusive to Galway. Oh, sorry, yeah, not exclusive to Galway. I was just checking with Alan to make sure that he was happy with the decision. That was all. I was just having a conversation with him. And, and he actually confirmed to me that it was actually a point. So I was happy enough and I left. That was it. Barry misunderstood right, me. Yeah. Again, yep. again, again. I tell you, if Barry had caught you, I'd say you were in trouble. He's a, he's a, he's a big man, Dela. I wouldn't be arguing with him too often, I tell you. <laughs> Yeah, just like I remember playing you in the league one time. Uh, we, we played you back in Milton Albury. You were probably playing the same day. Cusick Park was being renovated. Do you remember that? You beat us. I, but, um, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. But uh, I was full back because Lohan was injured anyway. But uh, Davy, a goal went in. I know nothing Davy could do about it. Anyway, but Barry Foley went in and kind of rattled him into the net with a shoulder. Do you know? And <laughs> so if he did, I went in and spotted Barry doing that. And I just gave Barry a right one and lobbed him in behind Davy. And I turned around and there was Brian Begley oh, coming towards me. And I says, Brian, Brian, easy, easy, Cam, Cam. I says, Cam, I says, it's only the league. I said, I tell you one thing, just, you pick your fights and these okay. You, you do, yeah. Brian's a big man as well. Like, yeah, that's what I was saying. That's why I wasn't, I wasn't going to have a go at Barry yesterday. No, he's too, he's too big for me. Yeah, he's a, he's a fair unit, all right. That's a fact. Yeah. TJ, just on it, like the whole effect of the wind, like, you know, I thought like Turlock were very measured in the first half, lovely ball in, got great scores, you know, they got nine points, he only got one six. The, the effect of the win, like, and we talk about it in Cork as well, like, it's not, a, it's not a huge thing if your mind is right, like, is it? Well, I suppose it's, it's a bit like tactics and say a game plan and all that. You still have to play well. Like if your players are playing well with, with the breeze, you can use it very well. If your players are playing very well and winning your position, you still have to win the battles around the pitch. Obviously, the wind kind of is a big help in terms of distance and stuff, but you still have to use the ball well. Our fellas, it's the way Turlock Moore set up as well, right? They're a little bit, I won't say um, footballish, like, but they kind of try to get a lot, a lot of people back in their own 65, and then they all bomb forwards. They're plenty lively forwards. We kind of wanted to make sure we killed the space as much as we could. And it actually nearly suited us a little bit playing into the wind with that format. So we could keep our six backs together. We kind of were zoned there in the second half. We, we just marked away all that space. And it definitely helped us. Just the, way, just the way the game was set up. But in saying that, with the breeze, Dillo, I would like to have been three or four or five. But it would have made it certainly a little bit better. And the halftime talk would have been a little bit easier, I think. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I sometimes think, though, that you, if you have that five-point lead... You go defending it in, like, whereas ye, ye knew you were only level at halftime, like, you know, and, and uh, ye had to level, level into the wind, wasn't, wasn't going to do ye just sitting back and holding on to a five, six point lead, like, ye had to come out and play, and ye did play, like, and I would say that was a factor in Cork as well, lads, you know, that's, you know, psychologically, when the Glenn got the two goals, like, the Rockies had to come out and play, and the wind, for me, like, sometimes fellas like me back in the half back line, or, or you were on midfield, Mark. You go hitting these mad shots like with the wind, don't you? Like the 
Yeah. The fist yeah. pumpers, like, if you get them, but they're not the percentage files. No. Especially if you're not. forwards winning ball, like. No, and, and like, I suppose, Anthony, remember, going back 20 years ago, we were kind of just lashing the ball, really, like, and taking a chance, whereas the modern player, I suppose, is, is like, it's all about playing through the lines. I mean, if you were told that 20, 25 years mm. ago, we were going to play this through the lines, fellas would be looking at you saying, what's he on about? Isn't it about getting it and lashing it down the field to the forwards as fast as possible? So, like, yeah. the reality now is it's about keeping the ball in play and keeping possession and using the ball as smart as possible. But, like, I would say that both Thomas's yesterday and Blackrock in the senior game in Cork played well against the wind play. You know, I mean, looking in from the outside, you'd say whoever has the win now in the second half, like, the Glenmore level within five or six minutes of the second half, like, so yeah. it looked like it was going to be, I want to say one-way traffic, like BlackRock showed the qualities in the second half that they showed in the semi-final against UCC, that battling quality and the use of the bench, obviously, and we'll, we'll go that, onto that in a minute, the use of the bench and DC coming off and getting the goal straight away. It was a real message to all management players, subs, you know, the use of the, the bench yesterday was critical for BlackRock, but I'd say great credit both to Thomas's and BlackRock the way they played against the wind. Like, you can only do that, Anthony, if your spirits and your attitude is 100%. Because if, if, if your spirit and attitude isn't 100%, most teams will just fold over, they pack up sticks and say, oh, Jesus, we can't beat the wind. But yeah. no, I think both Thomas's and BlackRock had a determination in them yesterday to win, to win their title, you know? Yeah, just TJ, on that, like, Ocean Fannery, like, what a 19, I think he is, he? 19, yeah. What a, what yeah. a prospect. What a prospect, yeah. And he actually had a small bit of a hamstring issue there. He picked up in the semi finals. Oh, yeah. Put nine bandages and he took them off again. And he was still getting. And, and Turlock sensed the danger with him and switched guys on him. But he, he still got out in front so often. And, and uh, you know, the, the scores he sniped were just crucial. To me, he looks a real one for the future. Like He's a real one, no doubt about it. And he's a great attitude as well. And um, he's a proper corner forward. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes a forward, like he, he, just, he just, just has an instinct. He's a lovely swivel there, swings onto the left there. Like, and in fairness to him, over the last two seasons, he's been getting plenty of scores. I'm not sure how many points he scored in championship this year, but I'd say he scored in every single game he's played. Like, so for a young fella, yeah, certainly heading in the right direction and great. And great for Thomas's because like, that team yesterday with John Hay, the wing back, he's just out, out, out of minor as well. And Evan Duggan in the middle of the field, wing forward, just out of minor as well. Like, so three really nice young fellas there to kind of to, to build for whoever is there, Dale, for the next couple of years to, uh, <laughs> to build a nice platform off, yeah. And you mentioned you mentioned Fintan maybe as a prospect, like as a Galway fullback, and that, that definitely he he'd be my six backs anyway. But like, did was was there a word that Dahi might have been carrying an injury going into the game, Dahi Bork? I know the talk we we talk a bit about Colum Spillane and and the loss of a crucial guy like that can be. I'm not so sure how how important it was in your game because it was, Jesus was 15 very good hurlers against 15 very good hurlers. To be fair, at all stages, even when the subs came on, but. What, did you know going in that he might be a doubt? No, we, we, we didn't, to be honest. Alex. I, I, obviously, uh, there was a calf or a bandage on the calf or whatever. So I don't know whether it was picked up in training or whether it was picked up in the football side of things or, or whatever. But no, we, we, we had planned for Dahi. And I do think he was last to them, Dale. I think um, in that, we say, after the second water break there, they got, I think, four points. And they just started to look like they, um, they were moving in the right direction. They had one or two half chances there. I think Dahi in that sphere might have been a help to them. Now, I'll go back to what I said there earlier on. Like, 
as, as the game was closing, our flares were getting stronger and stronger and stronger. I think as the finish of the game even was coming, I think we were going away further. If the game was another five or six minutes longer, I think we would have won by more. But that's just my own feeling. It's probably easy to say that now. What, was it the sweetest of the three victories, TJ? Three in a row? Yeah, it's, it, I, I think so. Like, obviously, for me, obviously, to go up and win one was, was obviously lovely. Like, and to, to win a three in a row. We haven't really mentioned the three in a row over the last number of weeks. You know ourselves in these scenarios, you take a game by game and you talk about the next game, the next game. I have to say, I think this time around, the format suited a team like ourselves. First of all, with the break, first of all, from March, the lockdown, because the team had been on the road for two years. Everyone got that bit of time out. We didn't have like the likes of David Burke and Conor Cooney coming back to us after a tough inter-county campaign. They were fresh. And we went from game to game to game. It was every two weeks. So you didn't really get a chance to kind of have, let's say, whether it was a weekend away or a training camp. None of that really happened. It was just literally hurling and games. And we just bounced from one game to the next, to the next, to the next. And all our games, apart from the Portumna game, which just materialised in a different way, all the other games were really, really tight. And we just won the battles down the stretch and all of them. Like we looked like we were beat the first day out against Castlegar. Conor Cooney comes up late with a, with a goal. Like, so it was that kind of a season. Yeah, and Tej, just with yourself and Kevin and the lads now, obviously it's over now as far as we know. You know what I mean? You win your championship and Black, Black Rock won their championship yesterday and there's no Munster club. There's no Connacht club for you, the big swinging Mickey. Yeah, yeah. That's a big, big break of mine now. The Galway champions are not inside in the Leinster championship. But anyway, yeah. um, I think it'll be good for them as well. But, but what's your feeling? Like, is, it ni- is it a nice feeling that you're finishing up the year a winner, yeah. Then you know, and it's happened to me several times, you know. That uh, and even we won a Munster Club once, and, and we wound up losing the Ireland semi final, and it's got wrenching, yeah. And you know, I look back and it is my greatest year in one way, but it's still wound up crying in a dressing room. And is there something nice about setting out to win what you wanted to win, win it, and that's the end of it? Yeah, I completely see where you're coming from here. Like we spoke about it last night briefly and there's definitely a huge kind of a, a romance side of it to say it's done. Three in a row, you're finished the year as winners. That's it. Um, but I suppose the um, competitive animal in us all, Dale, would always kind of like a pop to keep, to keep going. And if you look at what would be, I suppose, lurking in the grass, like it was a year when all the big guns are around, right? Like Napiersik, Ballyhale, Kula, Belly Gunner, the bridge, like obviously Black Rock yesterday, like so, uh, Kiladangan, like so, it, there's a huge, um, I suppose, quality of club teams left there, and I can see where people are coming from, and they love those teams to have a pop off each other. I think Thomas is as good as any of them on their day. A couple of things didn't go right for us um, the first day against Belly Hale in, two years ago in, in Crow Park, which is just one of those games that went away, and Belly Hale have a habit of doing that to teams, right, when they get on top of you. And then last year against Barcelona, we'd been very disappointed to lose that semi-final. I thought that was going to go our way. And we just, a couple of things went wrong at a couple of bad times. But look, it takes a fair team to win a county championship, as I said at the start. And for a team to go and win three in a place like Galway, which is extremely competitive, there's an awful lot of landmines in Galway where you could slip up and trip up very, very quickly. There's a lot of good teams, a lot of really well-coached teams. And, you know, the standard is very, very competitive. I'm not sure, we'll say, whether... It might be at Belly Hale standard all the time of all those teams, right? But it's just very competitive and there's very, very little between the teams. Like So for a team to win three championships in a row in a county like Galway is a phenomenal achievement and testament to the club, like their ambition. And like in fairness to these players, from day one, they just have been ambitious and they want to win and they want to drive on. They know they have a good team now. They're a rural club. The question I get asked most about St. Thomas is, where is it, right? Because yeah. <laughs> a, a lot of people don't know, right? So basically, St. Thomas is literally... 
just a very, very small rural place. Things about 200 odd houses. It's between Gart and Loch Ray on the main road there. So if you drive out of Gart there past the Mart, um, out the road to Loch Ray, just out there about five or six miles, you'll come across uh, Peter's Well and Kilcreast. And the pitch is there on the left hand side, heading just before. It's about halfway exactly between Gart and Loch Ray. So for. Um, just a rural club like that to go and put uh, three count titles together. Like, it'll obviously be spoken about for a long time to come. I think they were saying in Galway last night that only two teams have done it in the last 50 years and they would have been great teams of Portumna and Attenroy. So that'll just tell you. Good for teams have done two, but um, it's, only, it's only the third time in 50 years it's been done a three in a row. I think you've yeah. done four, did you? I'm not even talking about that, no, John. <laughs> <laughs> I see, I see where you're going. <laughs> yeah, just on that, I'll tell you, you know, in fairness, to, I know it kind of like, it could be, you could say, where is it? Like, because there isn't really a town or that, like, but uh, testimony to the club with the facilities there, like, I mean, the pitches are just state-of-the-art, the clubhouse, top-notch. I mean, I was at a function there before, God, by one day in Ireland in, in, in 17, and, and uh, geez, a massive crowd, kind of an up-for-the-match gig, like, and, brilliantly organised and the top-notch people obviously in the background there which you need you have to have it like yeah Finton's old Flynn Noel there is the top man he looks after the pitch there and it's always in serious nick like and they have um, the two pitches there to cater for because like and no matter what time of the day or night you go to Thomas's there's always some team whether it be a Camogie team or an underage team there's always somebody in the field and you know they're forward thinking they have the gym upstairs they have the clubhouse you know um, I think they have lights planned for down the road so, yeah, as I said, it's an ambitious club and, you know, that's the, that's the way I suppose you nearly have to be now in, in, in order to be at the cutting edge. If you told me three you know, big years ago when um, I'm blaming in the Mulcairns, I think it was his fault, right, that basically he rang me first day and that I would spend three and a bit years in Galway, I would have said absolutely no chance, right? But um, when you get involved with these guys and you see the attitude and the will and the drive, I suppose, you know, Driving up and down the road became very easy after a while. Like, but uh, yeah, Colin Brock is chairman of the club. Indy Mulcairns, Maureen Duggan is, is secretary now. So they have a great group there. Um, and Cyril Kelly was involved in twisting my arm as well. Like, I, I'm not actually sure exactly how they got me to agree to drive to St. Thomas's, but true conversation. And I think for any clubs out there today, I'd say it'll probably be moving month in the next month or two. There'll be a lot of clubs looking for coaches and managers. The likelihood is that when a club rings somebody, the first answer you'll always get is no. So what I'm going to say to clubs out there today is, if you want somebody and you think somebody's a good fit, just don't accept no straight away. Go and meet them, have a conversation with them, and let it pan out over a week or two and a lot of arms can be twisted. And Dalo's available, lads. Dalo's available to all those um, clubs out yeah, there. Yeah. It sounds like to me, Dalo, the former O's on and <laughs> I'd say you could be right, Mark. I'd say when you're, cle- <laughs> when you're collecting their letter on today, ask them what price Thomas is for four and O's. I mean, you could do Petty Power one bit of a favour and then give me, give me a loan of a couple of hundred for, for, for next year. But, 12 months. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge, huge credit, TJ. And I, I, you know, that's Yes, when you join up with someone, sorry, Mark. Yeah, I could see you at the final whistle. Like I was watching you actually, you know, yeah. because obviously we, we, we connection with this and what it meant to you at the final whistle that you kind of like they become part of yourself, like nearly. You know, I know with the Kerry boys, you know, I'd I'd, I'd, I'd stream the Kerry final there with Kimiley and and you know when they came back and won against Causeway, nearly jumping around the kitchen here, like you know, yeah. it is it, like you do you do form a bond no matter where you're from if you. If, as I say, if you enlist, you must drill. But if you drill and they drill back for you, do you know what? It's, it's an incredible feeling. 
Yeah, and we got that. We, we, we got that. I said, myself and Kevin, obviously, like he became part of our lives for the last couple of years. And it's just become so ingrained and you're just planning from game to game. I'll go back, which we've touched on loads of times this program. I think the format of the championship this year, having all the county boys, having the club together, having just the run of games there, it just really, really worked for us. And I'd be a big advocate for that going forward. TJ, have you a football club there in St. Thomas's? No, no, Mac. <laughs> we don't, they don't even own a football. I knew, they, I knew Dale was setting me up on that question there now. <laughs> <laughs> football, football and Thomas's that stuff. There's very little football in South Galway. Huh? Yeah, we, a regular thing with the Clare clubs, like before the championship, Fadoa, Fadoa would be go up and play maybe three or four of the Galway clubs, like, there wouldn't be any football mentioned anyway. You'll be lucky to get out with your life, I tell you. But you're not we, we, we often have to run to the bus. And Thomas, I remember Anthony Cunningham scoring about seven goals against us one night above Thomas's pitch. And we, we didn't really think Thomas's were much good at the time. Do you know? So I'll tell you, that's, that's, I suppose that's another way of explaining Thomas's Anthony Cunningham is probably one of their most famous sons going back to your time, Jerry, even, you know a great forward for Galway and, and he would have put him on the map in lots of ways. I know now they have the, the modern stars, the David Burks and, and the Coonies and etc. But Anthony and that, that special group with Joe Cooney and all those, that would, have, that would have first brought Thomas's to notice. Yeah, he was a good player. Like, you know, when he back in the 80s when he was playing, he was a really good, intelligent forward and I think he's brought that into management as well. And uh, just going back to young Fintan Burke there, I came across him with the under, in the under 20 or under 21 championships there uh, a couple of years ago when he was Galway. He, he nearly beat uh, Cork in his own the semi-final down in Limerick. Um, you know, I think he's a serious prospect. I know he got a very bad injury later on, but it looks like that he's coming back to, to coming back to form and coming back to maybe fulfil the potential that you know that was seen that day. So we'll keep an eye out for him. But it looks like that he'll be a serious addition to the Galway squad this year. Yeah, and obviously um, Shane O'Neill will be delighted with that option, especially with the matches now being so close. Like now, look at where all as, as Ken Hogan said on this a few weeks ago. We might be hanging on a trade as well with, with the whole Neffet situation. But with Dahi Bork being maybe, if, if it's a torn calf or whatever, he might be a serious option for Shane O'Neill like, uh, to slot in there at three now. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure. Like, obviously, um, like it's definitely a calf injury Dahi Bork has and obviously there's a bit of time. But looks like there's plenty of options there. I, uh, I did see Shane and John Fitz at the game yesterday and I saw him at plenty of games there actually over the last number of weeks. And I'd say they've got a good... You know, from, the, from their point of view, it's kind of like maybe a positive and negative. They haven't that much time now to work with the team for the, because of the inter-county setup, right? Because of the, the club campaign. But they got a great opportunity at the start of the year to look at players. Then they had time out. Then they got a chance to look at all of them in a club scenario. And they did see an awful lot of club games. And there's plenty of options there for them now. Like, like Joseph Cooney has been playing excellent hurling in the backs. Do they go with him in the backs? Do they go in the forwards? Finton Brook is a real option. That's uh, Lenan yesterday was very good. Um, like there's a couple of other players like Brian Concannon's very good. They have plenty of options up there. Like so, it's probably trying to put the pieces of the jigsaw together for them. But like as you said, there, Yellow, with the championship, the way it's going to be, and matches coming maybe a week after, two weeks after, you might need all those options, and you need plenty yeah. of cover. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, but I, I do think that Finton at fullback is a very very good fit. I, I think that maybe Dahi might be deployed somewhere else. I'd say if I was if I was guessing for us coming on the track. Yeah, yeah. And that's an interesting one, lads, you know, switching, maybe looking at, the, we, we talk Cork, all things Cork now shortly, don't worry, the two of you, I can see, I, I can see you getting anxious there, the two of you. But, but, but you know, um, like, your finals were on over the weekend with, say, Galway, and I know I know you're a Limerick man, TJ, that's different, but um, 
like cock finals on the weekend, like so Kieran gets the boys back and Joe you were involved, like but we are hearing talk of Clare and Cork playing challenge matches. Now Cork depletes us, Clare depletes us. But we're hearing talk of Limerick and Wexford playing during the week and you know, we look at you hear these things now, you know you don't know too many details about them because obviously there's there's lock gates and stuff like that. But how how like how much of an advantage or a disadvantage Jerry, do you see it as that like, you're involved, you're at the call face? Like, was it good for you, or would you rather have had things wrapped up two, three weeks ago? Um, yeah, it's a bit interesting. One, I suppose we ideally you'd love to have the players back there as much as you can, you know, that, and have as much time working with the players um, uh, on the on the training pitch. But uh, we we're currently only training with you know we've only twelve or fourteen players training at the moment because we had I think we up to fifteen or sixteen players involved uh, over the weekend in hurling and football. So. Uh, you know, we'll start getting guys back in um, the end of the, the end of next week. But even still, the county football final is due to be played in Cork next Sunday. So that, you know, we have, we have the two Catalans involved in that at the moment. Like, so we still won't have our full squad back until a couple of weeks before the match. But on the, on the flip side of that, the lads are playing great club hurling matches. They're playing hurling with their clubs, and uh, I'd say you talk to all of them if you meet them. They really enjoyed it. They've they've, they've loved being back with their clubs. Uh, they've loved they've loved playing with them. Um, and but it's just I suppose it's just. You'd love a week or two where they can maybe a bit of downtime uh, to get over the club and come back in and get ready because there's no doubt if the county level is a step up from club level as it should be. So, you know, to make that step straight away can, can, can sometimes be difficult for guys. So you'd love to give them a bit of a rest, but time isn't on our side. So you've got to kind of move fairly quickly now to get back in because we're playing four weeks' time. We're playing on the, on the 31st of October. So time will move quickly. And at this stage now, we're just hoping that it goes ahead. And Ger, yeah, is it... Is there is there any talk of level five? What um, Neffer are talking about? Is that going to have any impact on training on intercounty? I, I didn't read anything or see anything. I don't know. Yes, I'm, I'm only asking. The well, you had a lie. You obviously had a lie in this morning. Like I mean, you weren't tight. I, I'm, yeah. I'm only catching up. Yeah. No, but I did, like RTE had Marty Morrissey on on the um, morning Ireland, and he just said if we if we do go to level five, that's that basically for the time being, and um, that we don't have the weekends to play with. Like, if we go up to level five, you see, TJ, we're back to the situation of only allowed train within five kilometres or, you know, that kind of thing. The only thing that would be different from the first lockdown is the schools are going to remain open, as far as I can. Good If you go to level five, there's no games, there's no train, there's nothing. Level five is a complete lockdown, the whole thing finishes. If it gets to level four, which might be some bit of compromise, or level three in between, level four is you can have, uh, you can have non-contact with less than 15 players, but the games go ahead behind closed doors. That'd be okay, Joe, wouldn't it? Again, Mark, I suppose, look, the idea at the end of it is that the games go ahead. That's, that's yes. the end of it. If that yeah. happens, again, I suppose, like anyone, we're all involved in coaching teams. It's not ideas where you have you can only coach 15 players, including management at a time. So that's not, that's not ideal. But in the context of whether we get games or not, you'll probably take it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. we're, you know, hopefully it's at some stage that it doesn't go to, to level five and somewhere... You know, it's, it's a big jump from, from all over the country, except Dublin, to go from level two to five. It is a huge hit and a huge surprise where last week we were talking about maybe it, it moving to level three. But going to level five is, is uh, you know, it's just, I think the fact that we'll have no games, nothing, would be a big blow for everybody. Yeah, I was trying to write a piece about it there, uh, Gerard, you know, about, the, and I, you know, a lot of fellas on social media calling for the GA to show leadership. And I, I think there's so many people, you know, I think of, uncles of, of and uncles-in-law and my father-in-law while he knows and he's 91 years of age 
and he's as fresh as a daisy, like good clean farming life up in Kilmaley. And uh, he just would give anything now to see Claire and Limerick like on the television, be able to sit down with his cup of tea yeah. if restrictions come in. And I think that outweighs, you know, a lot of the stuff as well is the mental health of people. And, you know, the funny thing, lads, is like, I mean, we're t- an awful lot of talk about the North being in serious trouble at, at the moment with numbers and per head of, of population that they're way worse <coughs> off than we are. But like, in actual fact, and I know I know we're the one association, but this is a hurling show, so I'm going to take liberties here again. We could actually run the Leo McCarthy really no problem, couldn't we? In terms of no, if we we might have to drop the back door, but if we dropped the back door and made it straight knockout, and maybe had just the back door for the losing Munster finalists and the losing Leinster finalists, we could very easily run the Leo McCarthy. But of course, we'd come up against all the. Well, you're not playing it if we're not playing it, you know, that kind of thing. Like, because, like, if the Ulster Championship goes, um, I suppose you can't run a football at Ireland. No, you can't. It's a very good point, Anthony. Yeah, look, it's, it's, it's one that we'll find out about in the next couple of days. I don't think, my own, Jesus, what do I know? But I don't think we'll go at the level five anyway. I, I think that's a recommendation. I think the government will, will roll back a bit from that uh, and see how things work out. I know. It's, it's, it's a first big call, Anthony, for the government now. That they have taken every recommendation from Neffet on board up to up to now. I think this is a re- this, this couple of days. Michal Martin and Leo Varacker will have they'll have a lot of questions to answer. I think there'll be a lot of soul searching done in the next couple of days now. Well, where cock where cock lead, others follow. Like as you always tell me, like you know, I saw. Um, but Dale, be... to go back, yeah, to go back to the question you asked, I, I do think that the counties that have their teams and uh, players together the extra two or three weeks are at a little bit of an advantage here. Like I do think that those two or three weeks, getting them kind of up to the speed of inter-county, I think has given them a slight advantage here. Now, whether the freshness angle will come into it in October or November, that's a different question. But I do think it's a slight advantage to the likes of Davey, who's had Wexford together, all his group together a long time, maybe some of the other counties, Watford and stuff. I do think they're a slight advantage. So it's between, it's between Davey, John Kiley and Liam Cal. you're saying personally. I think they, I think I think they have the the jump start. <laughs> yeah, you, you wouldn't get a word yeah, out of Cunningham now if you had to go down yeah. and go down and shake him below one. <laughs> He's probably down in West Cork with the feet up. <laughs> you that market on that? I know, I know. Jock, say nothing, old boy. Say nothing, say nothing. We have our own job to do against Waterford in a couple of weeks, Simon. We know that they'll be well prepared and they'll be they'll be out, they'll be happy out of their skins. But I think Josh had a very valid team there a while ago. I, I think the morale in the Cork County at this moment in time, I don't think it has ever been as high. Now, whether, whether the lads will be up to speed and stuff for like that, that's it, like... Sometimes you'll find that a team that's in good spirits, no matter whether the opposition have done 20% more training or have more meetings done, you can't beat a happy camp and you can't beat spirits. And if I think there's a huge amount of goodwill in Cork at this moment in time, and let's hope that that will be seen when the players take the field in a couple of weeks' time against Waterford. Yeah, we kind of gathered that. Larry, um... You, you're living down there with them, like, and uh, would you get a sense that that Corkness, that, that phrase that came from somewhere now, I, I've never heard of a Limerick, Limerickness or a Galwinness or a Clareness, <laughs> but that, that sense of Corkness is back, Larry, would you say? Corkness is bursting out of them ever since the first lockdown when they weren't allowed to leave the county and they were absolutely thrilled with that fact. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You often see the maps where they kind of cut off Cork and they're, they're kind of, you know, yeah, they're on. 
you'd stay in the EU, EU damn that, could you? We would, uh, but it's, it's lovely to see the, the Tipperary. Because you know, all, you know all about the Grants. You know all about the Grants in East Cork. <laughs> it's nice to see the three of you being able to come in and uh, work for the examiner, to be fair. And we've been paid for by the cockfellas. It's it's now the Irish examiner, man. Yeah, it's our nationwide. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah it's still yeah, the cockfellas examiner there, though. Once we made the breakthrough in 95, you started coming up, realised there'd be papers to be sold up around us as well. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Come here, you look at, we better talk about it. You, you had a massive weekend, lads. And uh, again, huge credit, I, I suppose, yesterday. All right, uh, the bit of Irish. Jeez, I should have I stuck to the bit of Irish, gone to school. Just those handy numbers to be got in, in TG Cahar, one uh, But, you know, uh, to, we had to watch it. Like, but the examiner... And co-op superstores coverage, lads, and year analysis as well. Now, you know, I was slagging you earlier at the Galway was higher quality. But no, your in-depth knowledge of it down there. And you, you had a mega weekend, lads, you know. And I suppose, look at starting with yesterday, I suppose, like the Rockies back, the championship back in, in, in the city and, and the Rockies after 18 years. And I know there was a bit of criticism of the scenes, maybe when they marched back with the cup, with the, with the conditions we're living in and that. But Jesus... <laughs> It's very hard, isn't it, when you're waiting like that and, and you have, a, uh, you know, you've won minors, you've won 21s and it, yet it seems that it's not going to happen or, you know, the people, the outpouring of joy was just a sight to behold at the final whistle and the scenes last night. Look, they all, I just think from a BlackRock perspective, they've come through the hard side of the draw. Um, they're a massive, the best game of horror I saw, I saw all year was the Douglas BlackRock game in the quarterfinal. That was brilliant. The UCC semi-final was a titanic struggle with them and came down to a point after 18 minutes. But like yesterday's performance from BlackRock just summed up their whole club spirit, to be honest. Um, you know, like played against the gale force breeze in the second half and were level with five, like everybody said at halftime, 12 points to seven to tally enough five points and the Glen were level within five minutes. It was just phenomenal that they played against that hurricane and got a result at full time and then obviously the, the winning of the game I think was the first period of extra time where they scored 2-4 and um, I think the use of the Black Rock bench yesterday and Fergal Ryan and had, had said it in advance you know that maybe the possibility of, of holding back four or five fellas that would be starters I think in any championship team in Cork that that probably ended up to be the winning of the game because Black Rock had the strongest 15 I would suspect on the field of play maybe from the 50th minute onwards. Uh, but that's down to the management and the decisions they made and they've been vindicated as was at this moment in time. They have, Mark, but, uh, you know, I watched the two of you doing commentary of the semi-final with the college and you said, Jared, at the end of it that you didn't think there was any decision to be made on tight DC. And, and I, 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 I was saying this morning, like, you know, that if Hoggy's point to put the Glen a point ahead with the time up, if that went over the bear, how much grief would Fergal Ryan be getting today in the club in Blackrock, <laughs> sipping a pint of cider, trying to drown these sorrows, and they're playing with a gale force breeze and he's not having Ty DC on the, on the field? It's, it's millimetres like this game, isn't it? It is totally millimetres that we said we were saying it just at the match. Like it was a very, like it was a brave call. Same as the semi final, it was a hugely brave call. Maybe there was a bit of fallout from the fact that he'd gone away on a, on a, on a, on a, a week's holidays or a couple of weeks' holidays early on in the season and they might have. That might have lingered a bit in the situation of not, not picking him, but like to have you know to to, to have the gumption once to stay with it, 
uh, and in the final, you know, and then the way the, way the conditions were, <coughs> just saying it like that, that they play with a gale in the first half and he wasn't on and he came on with whatever after 10 minutes of the second half, you know. As Mark said, I totally agree with him. They, have their, they had their best team. John Cashman, another guy, came on, had a big part to play as well because he's a, they brought these two guys on um, after, you know, after 10 minutes of the second half in their last couple of games and it has worked for them. It has worked for them and, you know, but the difference, like, the, it's, it is millimetres in a fraction, you know, between, between winning and losing. The point, Dale, you looked at yesterday that Tidisi got from the sideline cut to draw the match. It was an incredible score for a left-handed striker. Like from, it was the wrong side, you know, to curl it in. We were just saying, would he, would he keep it in play? Uh, no, it kind of brought us back to the other final in 2013. Do you keep it in play or do you go for it? But I was looking at the other Blackhawk players around the pitch and there was none of them making a move for the pass because I think they knew when they saw DC going over. There was only one thing in his mind and one thing in his head that he was going to have a pop off this. Uh, you know, and he probably would have been castigated you know, for if, if he had missed it because it would have given Blackhawk or given the Glen a puck out you know, 80, 90 yards back down the pitch. It was an incredible score. Uh, and fair play to him, like, you know, he's come up with big plays since he's come on in, in, in the last couple of games. He came on yesterday, goal in the point, goal with his first touch of the ball. Same last week when he came on, he had a huge impact on the game. So, Virgil Ryan and the lads and John Brown and the boys can take huge credit for, you know, they got it right. When you win, everything is hunky-dory, everything is perfect, everything is grand. But the difference between winning and losing, if that hadn't paid off yesterday, Again, there would have been a bit of the cracking, a bit of slagging as to why they didn't start him because uh, he's been very, very impressive this year. Yeah, and and like the only thing, I, and I'm not being, I'm not being critical of the Glen now at all, right? But for me, it was an awful silly free to give away the last free to Young Connolly, and he was superb now, Ellen Connolly. I thought he, I thought he was absolutely. If Oshin Fenry kind of took my breath away, and I've seen a good bit of him now with the matches being streamed. Jesus, for me, he, he was nearly unstoppable yesterday. He got, got the right ball into him. But I don't think, and I'm going to bring this back now, this, this might be a bit controversial. I'm not being critical now with the men to give away the free because he's a good game. But like, I don't think that St. Thomas's defenders would have given away that free in the same situation. I thought it was just how, how you know, you can't kind of coach that presence of mind to say, don't foul him, Carl McAllister the P might as well have been stuck in the whistle again because he was blown for nothing. Now, I know there's that temptation with the ref to give the last minute free to level it up an extra time in the drama. But I actually don't think Fintan Burke and, and TJ's full back line would have given away that free. I'm not sure, man. I just watched it. I didn't see it back, uh, Delos, to how, you know, how, how, you know, was it a definite free? Because I know some people in the Glen were complaining that, you know, they felt in the, in the context of the game, uh, with yeah. the whistle, you know, in the hotel, it wasn't a free. It was, a, it was a kind of, a, it was an easy free. But I think he might have been in the back of his mind. I think McAllister would have been. I think he'd have been unhappy with the fact there was a blatant free earlier in the game that Alan Connolly should have got a free. And I was looking at the thing. I think Carl McAllister was, was a long way back, um, and I think he lost his whistle. And I think he was, the whistle fell to the floor. He was, he picked up the whistle, but in the context of that, he missed the free. He missed the. It was a blatant free, and I think he even apologised to the Blackhawk mentors afterwards that. Uh, he should have given a free. He didn't see it, but he told him that he had lost, uh, he had lost his whistle. Uh, and he couldn't... You can't be called by the sideline or by the umpires to a free. Either a free has to make the call. And I think that might have played a small bit in the back of his head that he gave him a chance to equalise. But I think, you know, it was, it, was, it was borderline probably. You know, was it a free or not? I'm not sure. But say, to me, he was the one to, you know, to level the game. And it was such a good game, such a close game. It was probably, it was probably the fairest thing to do because 
definitely in the first half, Alan Connolly was pulled down for a blatant free that they should have got. Yeah, I mean, Jonas yeah. has covered the whole thing there, top to bottom. And that's exact, that is exactly what happened just today. And we all, we all saw the foul on Connolly in the first half. And young Connolly stood up and he just put his two hands and said, what the heck, like, what do I have to do to get a free here? But Jonas right, uh, Con McAllister did drop his whistle, right? And he'd, miss, he'd missed it. But it's, it's very, very poor that the umpires and the linesmen, and the linesmen are two qualified referees as well, that they couldn't put up the flag and say, listen, you've missed it. Because there was a key thing in the match itself where the Glen had a point that was waived as a point first, and then it was discounted. And I'm sure it was probably the linesmen that intercepted that. So, like, the yeah. linesman in that situation could intercept and make a decision for that point. I can't understand why he didn't, or why one of the linesmen didn't come in and say to Kyle, listen, you've missed the blatant free there. But maybe in the context, you get a bit of time and the ball goes wide and stuff like that to, to actually, and the referee will look out to you. Now, I, I do think that Kyle probably would have realised because the Black Rock bench were incensed and the supporters were incensed that kind of, he didn't get a free. He probably knew something went wrong, but... Maybe this is, maybe if he was mic'd up, um, Anthony, it may have been a bit better. He might he might have. Um, but I think in the overall context of the game, and I mentioned this last week that I was hoping that Cahill McAllister would actually get the whistle because I think he would have made he'd make a great contribution to the game itself. And I do think his overall handling of the game was excellent yesterday. You've you've been looking for that, like you've been saying we want this to flow, and you've been saying it freely here on the show, and like there's no doubt about it. I thought like it was the Cahill of all like yesterday, but I don't think he should be given a free to make up for one. Unfortunately, to drop the whistle to cost another club a county final, either that, Mark. I, I know, but that, okay, that, that's look, that's, a, that's just an opinion. I actually felt that Connolly did very well in the last play of the game. He caught the ball, he took on his men, he went straight for goal. Now, the Glen man clearly put his hand in around his waist. He made it easy for the referee to give the free. That's not Cahill's fault. That's actually the Glen defenders, and maybe that's coming back to your point that you don't think. That the, the, the Galway fellas, may, may, they might have waited for him to throw it up and stuff like that. But the minute a defender puts their hand on the back, Darren, you know, you run the risk. But equally, Anthony, I would say the Black Rock defenders were very disappointed with the, that the referee awarded a, point, or a penalty to Patrick Horgan. Um, for in, also, because it looked as though the likes of John Cashman had stood him up. And Patrick had got away and tried to make an attempt to strike the ball. But the defenders felt that they had held up. They were holding him up for the front, from the front, whereas the, the, the last three was the Glen defenders were going back. And so, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, Anthony. It's, I do think, Taylor, in the, in, the, in the way the game was refereed, I, I didn't see the full game, but when we were in the, in, in the room, we saw about maybe the last 10, 15 minutes of the game. And I, I will say the sideline was sensational, Jerry. I have to say, like to have the, the, the balls have a go there and just popped out. It was unbelievable, unbelievable strike. But I did think the free was soft, Dale, in the way he refereed the game, yeah. And what we're trying to do now on the line, right, we get kind of grief over this, is if a referee gives it just a decision and it goes against us, instead of giving out to him now, right, my philosophy would be, like yesterday with Alan Kelly, Alan, you missed it, it was a wrong call, you owe me one. That's all I said to him, you owe me one. And normally you'll get it, you'll get it down the stretch, like, huh? <laughs> So that's how Conor Cooney got that free to live yeah, it yeah, over yeah. the side. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, and to be honest with you, referees are a bit like the rest of us. It does play on their mind. And the other thing too now is a new thing you'll hear um, lines sent referees. The free count, like yesterday, I think after about 20 minutes, Alan was just all wrong in the first 20 minutes. It was 8-2 to them or something. So I had a little word in his ear. He got some started out. And by the end of the game, we were all square. So yeah, you just sometimes you just need to remind them. But I did think, I thought the free... 
I thought it was of the soft nature to, let, to level it. I did think that. Did you shout back at the stats, fella? What's the free count before you went out to Alan like, and reminded him of the free count? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's what the stats guys are there for, yeah. It's, it's and, you kind of said, and, and you kind of said, are we that dirty, Alan? Are we a filthy <laughs> team here? And Turlock Moore aren't like, that's the kind of thing. Joe Cunningham is this, he's, he's making notes here. He's no, making notes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going yeah, to have yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you aware of days over, Joe? Like, or will you be just sitting back? To, no, <laughs> you're like, no, no, I think, I think Sully wants that job, Dilo, so we leave that to Sully, 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 yeah, Sully, as well has its own. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but look, you know the, the gas thing about that free that, that that he dropped the whistle. Someone else said he slipped. The interesting thing about that is he didn't give the free, and uh, the Glen cleared the ball up the free, and Hoggy very nearly got in for a goal at the other end. Do you remember he came in along the Great sideline? Great block by John Cashman. He tried to bat it in, Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great yeah. block. Okay, I tell you, like it, it could it could have been a massive swing down, Mark. The one that you know not would make up for it really, like. Oh, like, listen, Anthony, a goal could swing into and, and like, even in the senior A final yesterday, um, Farrow O'Neill was seven points up and looked like they were holding a, a good lead against Charleville with the same breeze. And it was a long ball, came in and unfortunately the ball bounced in front of the keeper and he knocked it into his own net. And next of all, the momentum totally switched the other way. So, like, you know, this is a game of inches, but like, you look at the Black Rock bench that came on yesterday, they scored 3-5 from play. Sorry, 3-5. I think Tide's sideline was one. 3-4 from play. That is a massive, massive contribution. And even in the Senior A final, um, Charleville brought three subs off the bench and they contributed four points from play themselves as well. So, I mean, the use of the bench. And I just think that the management's need as much praise and credit. The players get all the credit at the end of the day, Anthony, in county finals. But I think the management's must get more praise as well. I, I think what, and like Joe would know this from, the, from being around Cork, like I'm sure Fergal Ryan is taking a fair bit of stick now with both John Cashman and Ty DC not starting because we all know that they're good enough to be on the starting 15. But himself and John Brown and Joe Young stuck to their guns. And I think it was always the view that it is working for us. The lads are coming on. We are strong. We're getting stronger and, stronger, and their impetus is massive. And that's what happened. And yes, the game could have got away from him, but if you look at any rugby team at the moment, all, all the rugby managers will make decisions and taking off their props after, we say, 45, 50 minutes. It's game management, it's time management. So it's about being able to use your bench and knowing, that, and like once the players can buy in and can accept the situation, Anthony, I think that is the biggest, the biggest thing. It's, it's, if the player gets cranky and sore, and uh, people behind are feeding into their mind, their heads, ah, you should be playing, you should be starting, and they're wrong on you. That's then when you have a problem, because if a player comes on and he doesn't have the right attitude, then you're in trouble. But those players that came on yesterday, I think Alan O'Callaghan must get great mention as well. He got two points yesterday when he came on. He had played and inserted into his arm earlier on this season. He played his first match for Black Rock three weeks ago, and he's ended up getting two points in the county final yesterday. Had a major contribution. And he's only a young guy, 22, 23 years of age. So... This, this Blackrock team are going to be around, Anthony, but I'm just, I'm just I'm at pains to say this, that the job that Fergal Ryan and John Brown and, and Joe Young have done is, is massive and made big, big calls yesterday. Yeah, well, as you said, management don't get enough credit, but they're certainly getting it here this morning with, with TJ on the line as well. Like, and, we, <laughs> and we give it up. We, yeah, look, at I, I'm just saying how tight these calls are. If, they, if Hoggy's point was to be the last point, the, the stick they would have been getting 
the management. But yeah. they, you're right, they stuck to their convictions. And, and, and that pays dividends at times, I think, you know. And, um, Look, I, I go back to 99, right? And I have no problem in saying this. Everybody in the county thought that Alan Brown was going to start in the Alan final and then Neil Ronan wouldn't start. We started the same 15 the whole year long and it worked for us. And Brown came off the bench. Kevin Murray came off the bench. They made a contribution. We won by a point. That's the, that's the narrow... That's the narrow decisions, Anthony. The game finished up a draw yesterday. But, like, the big thing for me is Young Connolly was... And, like, what we see now over three or four weeks with Young Connolly, he was physically dominated against Douglas. He didn't have a massive game, but he got a goal out of nothing, which showed a quality. Then in the semi-final, he got a point from 75 yards out into a slight breeze to level the game against UCC. He got a one-handed tennis goal as well in that game in extra time. And then he steps up and he gives the man of the match performance. I can tell you this much. He's a kid that has a bright, bright future. He was inspirational for his club yesterday. Yeah, and one of the lads on Twitter, you're lucky you're not on it, Mark, because people said you'd be absolutely insufferable today on the Black Rock. And defended you. I said, Les, I said he told us to put it on like, and I put up a little emoji of, of uh, what the money like, you know. I said, you can't say you weren't told like. You get the information on the Examiner Hurling show every Monday morning. And Mark Landers is giving the information. I, I said, no. But people did say you'd be absolutely painful today <laughs> talking shite about telling us early on, dear. We'll, well never, I, we'll I, never I, see I, the Rockies for the next five, six years <laughs> at 12 to 1 again, Mark. <laughs> 12 to 1. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to start singing the banks of my own lovely Lee. And then I was going to sing some championes. But look, do you know... I just, I just leave it being to, to be kind to our buddies and petty powers and boys in the afternoon, Dale, and we might still have an old evening in Killer before the year is out. Oh, very good. Yeah, very good. I, yeah. Dale, I was going to say, yeah. I think both, both games yesterday, I think um, it would have been unreal, I think, if it was a crowd at both of them, like the, the, the finish mm. of the Cork game. I think if, if, if the park, which was a big crowd there, I'd say it would, just, would have been electric. And our game, the tackles and the tension going down the stretch was unreal as well. It would just would have been phenomenal as a crowd there. But to go back to your point there about the millimetres, like there is so many small things. And I'd say we're heading into a championship, right? Where there's going to be very, very little between a lot of teams. So small calls, just getting a little tactic, one play, one score at different times. And we all know when you win, you're great, Dela. Isn't that right? Everything is right when you win, TJ. Everything is right, yeah. Perfect. And, and, and Dela, the, the senior A final yesterday came down to a point. 4.13 for Father O'Neill's to 1.23 yeah. for Charleville. Charleville got five points against the Breeze in the first half and they scored 118 in the second half. And Jot covered that game. I think Danny Flynn got six points from play from the middle of the field. Phenomenal. Outstanding. Dallas has given a 1 7. Yeah. Like, just. Like, if that was a double header in Party <laughs> Queen yesterday with 20, 25,000 people, the atmosphere would have been electric. TJ, my day consisted of watching that epic uh, match, then uh, the, the, the scenery final in Cork and Charleville's victory and incredible performances all around. We talk about it in a sec. Paid my 9.85 to the Galway uh, GA the night before my, my weekly. Very good, Jill. Jill, be happy with you. Yeah, I'll be sending the bill to Larry there shortly for all these um, contributions. Do the Offaly one now next week as well. But uh, <laughs> then watched you jumping up and down, attacking Barry Cullinan, roaring at Alan Kelly about freeze. But even though Turlock Moore wear that beautiful black and white hoop jersey that I love, <laughs> I was in your corner. <laughs> and, and, uh, I, 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 pu I punched the air when you got over the line. Um, and I won't be good, Turlock one in the future. But um, 
then I, the Rockies, the Glen, the Little All Island, and thinking, where's Landers now? And he's, he's sweating. And a few of my mates said, Landers is sweating now. And Simon Kinnefick got the two goals. Do you know, like, just, just incredible stuff. And then I completely forgotten about other sports, TJ. And I just switched over at the final whistle. And I see Manchester United won halftime, Tottenham Hotspur four. And do you know what? I went out. I'm a doubt to the kitchen. And I doubt there's a bit of a rhyme rack out there. It doesn't have me much in it now, I tell you, when I have a go at it. But I opened a lovely bottle of chili and red. And I said, <laughs> I'm going to watch this now. And I proceeded in, TJ, to watch that 6 1 and annihilation of that crowd from Old Trafford. <laughs> They're finished as a club, right? And then turned on this unbeatable crowd, ZZ Top Soccer, uh, ACDC Soccer being walloped 7 2 at Villa Park. I tell you. If there was a crowd at that one, I'd have loved to have been there in the whole end in Villa Park. I tell you, to, as Mark said, sport, sport doesn't much get, get much better on a, on a... And you didn't mind about the Liverpool game, let's face it, last night. I, did, I, I didn't mind, but to go back to what you were saying there about winning and like Jürgen Klopp, very, like, tactically he's been brilliant and he's just brought a new dimension to the Liverpool team, but all of a sudden, one game it goes wrong and now everyone is questioning this high line there or so. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see whether he sticks to it or whether he changes. But seven two, yeah, I think so I, something has to change. Right, right. Roy Keane was right. So TJ when he called slappy, 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 slappy. So Keane is always, Keane is always right. Always right. Always right. Ah, second cork again. Like I just can't. Like, switch it over to the soccer and it's right. Keane is right. Like, you know, Keane yeah. called it out the previous week. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we we won't go there with the soccer. But uh, just to remind the two E anyway, like that uh, there's only one team now, and the special one is back. Just we just tell you that now, special one is back. But. And Larry, you snake, you Arsenal snake there in the background. <laughs> you, you, you're snaking away up the table too, I'll tell you. Lads, you had a great weekend in Cork. We refer to it and you had fantastic finals. And what a game, Father Niels and Charleville, Mark. Uh, great great yeah. game of ball and what drama down the stretch. Yeah, it, it was phenomenal again. Like, and um, like, I suppose Father Niels getting to the Premier All-Ireland Club Final last year, beaten by Tullerow and um, um, Tommy Welch's crowd, like just a point again. Um, it was phenomenal. And, and like they set out their start from the word go. They played with the Breeze, the Declan Daunton, Billy Dunn, and uh, Liam O'Driscoll inside. And I think Oshin Langan had asked me on Saturday night what, he thought, what I thought or who, who I thought would win. And I said, look, the inside line for Father O'Neill's is very, very strong. They ended up scoring, I think, about 3.13 between them, or 3.12. Um, a lot of that was from play, um, three, seven, about, 11, I think, yeah. yeah, massive, massive for the inside line. Um, they probably will feel they probably should have been more up, Anthony, because Charleville hit, hit seven wides in the first step, but did only five points on the board. It was 111 to five, so four, 14 points. To, uh, to five, nine points up to the nice lead. And they had weathered the storm for most of the second half. We said the first 12 minutes, 13, and next of all, a simple simple ball in mistake by the goalkeeper. And all of a sudden, Charleville got three or four points. Mainly Danny Flynn got them straight away, and the impetus moved straight over to Charleville. And like Charleville dominated the game, and Dara Fitzgibbon was really, really good in the second half as well. Um, and I would say the sideline again, Claude Goff and his management team in Charleville, 
They brought on a young lad, um, Tyg Hoff, full forward, six foot four or six foot five. He got two great points. Went four points up, and I would have to say now, I'd be a little bit. You're talking about a free that was can, that was awarded for um, for the Glen. Um, the wing forward for um, Farrow O'Neill's Jason Hanker won a great puck out when there was three points in it. Won it cleanly, came to the ground, Big tried man. to play the holy. I tried to play the ball. He was totally manhandled from both sides. Lost the ball, and you meant hard, knocked the ball over the bar, put the four points in it. The ball came up the field, and Billy Dunn got a goal to bring it back to a point. I think Farrow O'Neill's would be quite disappointed that the, the free wasn't awarded for that 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 puck out because. In fairness, he'd, he'd done everything right, winning the puck out, but just couldn't release the ball. But he, it was more the way, the manner in which he was like, had tackled and stuff like that. So, but I have to say, Charleville to score 118 in the second half in 30 minutes, Holland, was phenomenal. Dara Fitzgibbon, Danny Flynn were hugely influential mm-hmm. in that. Um, I like Kahalo Carroll, who didn't start, I think he was injured, came on. He had a very, very good game as well. And a lot of the, the, the number of the older lads, I suppose, um, Andrew Kegney in particular, had a really, really good game as well for them. So it was a, it was a brilliant game. Yeah, they have really come on in leaps and bounds, Jar as well, like uh, Charleville, haven't they? they? They wouldn't have been kind of on my radar as being, you know, Newtown dominated that, that area of Cork, North Cork. And, uh, you know, for me, Charleville was about going to Hearty Cup matches and the lovely fields. Yeah, they've been coming the last couple of years, they They've been coming like yeah. they were senior. They were senior last year before the regrading of the competition. Like so, they were up. They were playing a level above Father O'Neill's for the last year or two. Uh, they have been around the place, coached last couple of years by Ben O'Connor. So, like you could see the influence of Ben's style of coaching on that team in the last couple of years. And uh, you know they've been coming. They've they won the junior, won the media 2015, uh, won the premier, and then went up senior. And last year played Glen Rovers in the in the, in the championship, and lost <coughs> lost by a point after extra time. Down in Mallow, so they've been coming underrated. Play a nice brand of hurling. They're um, they're a good side, and I think they'll be quite comfortable when they go up senior next year. I think uh, you know they're a young side. They've some very good hurlers. Uh, they're not just a one man team with Fitzy there. Like as you saw last yesterday, you know Daniel Flynn, six points. He got five when he was in centre forward. Like he got some five great scores on a difficult day for striking. Like they scored twenty three points. Uh, they had another eight or ten wides, I'd say at least. So it was just trying to judge that win. Just it was was quite difficult, but. Um, I think the difference that they played at the higher level just about got them over the line because Father O'Neill's had a couple of chances, I think, in the first half. Dickie Dalton was inside on his own a few times. I know Kevin O'Sullivan went through once and decided to take the shot himself. Uh, brought a brilliant save from the goalkeeper when up for 65 that, that Dickie put over the bar. But I think if he had passed it on a one-to-one with Dalton inside, he would have buried it. Uh, you know, they had the full-back, uh, was Jack Mead was on a yellow card as well. And I think if they could, if they could have hit the ball more into Dalton when he was inside on one-to-one, uh, Mark said their full forward line was well on top Billy Dunn was on top Billy Mordiscoe was on top um, you know, they had chances like they've been getting goals all year they needed to, to attack a few points but you know fair play under this was potentially we do go into the match that these two teams were probably as well as Cantor probably the best two teams in the championship uh, and the conditions didn't spoil the game they gave us a great great game yesterday yeah it was great stuff and I'm sure Mark when you collect the wad today that you'll be calling there right Ladies Bridge, you, you, you'll be able to call. I let a few. Well, Jared, there was another little bit of an accumulator. We were waiting on him to, to collect as well. So, unfortunately, I, I have been setting yeah. for a draw late on, like, you know. I was going to ask Mark there, surely when he's collecting today, that he'll be having a little punt on the Intercounty Championship coming down the track. So, he, since he tipped the Rockies, 
just wondering for the listeners who marks tip for the um for the intercounty championship for the All Ireland. Mark, where your five will be going? I see Limerick and Tip kind of head to Mark at the moment, followed by Kilkenny in Galway. Cork is tight enough, so no pressure. But just yeah. who is your uh, your All Ireland tip? Well, I I I I'll stick with Munster first now on Leinster. I think TJ before we got to the All Ireland, I think okay. um, I'll be having um, a quite interest on Kilkenny to win Leinster. And I think I'll be going for Limerick to win Munster. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Even, even, yeah. even the difficult side of the draw, yeah. I wouldn't. I don't think it'll make any difference. I, I, I think we've seen with the club championship at the moment that week on week, the physical conditioning of a lot of the clubs has been fantastic. The intercounty, I think, will be no different. I think that uh, the players will actually love the challenge of playing one weekend after the next. I also think that it's going to stretch the the panels. So the, the lads that used to be number 22, 23, 24 on the panel, they now could, be, could become very, very critical guys in this championship. And um, I, think, I, I think the overall context, Limerick have a very, very good panel, even though I know they've, they've lost a number of players, but I think they have a very good panel at the moment. I just can't believe, Larry, how he didn't tip cock there and saying they'd be singing the banks in the Grand Parade at Christmas week. Um, but that's typical of them, of course. Like They'll be willing to tip up someone else. And then say, oh, I tell you the truth, I back cock. Like, yeah. No, yeah. No, but Dela, Dela, you see, you didn't give me a chance to finish there now, right? Okay, yeah, so I'm gonna, only, yeah. Only, I was about to ask you. The, we've only the provincials covered there at this moment in time. <laughs> <laughs> we wait. <laughs> Larry, you're some more, boy. Larry's just after sending in a text there that Landers is after backing cock for the double. What about the Ireland map? I think Limerick will be in the final, and I think Cockle Kilkenny will be in it with him. One or the other. <laughs> and and Cockle win it back, will they? We'll wait and see now. No pressure on Jerry. No, no pressure on Jerry. He's saying nothing. Like, this is the first week we got TJ. We, this is the first week we got TJ to actually talk about the Galway Championship. Like every other week, it was, ah, yeah, Della, you know, we got our very good team, Torlockmore, and very good team, uh, Capitagle, they're coming with cheers. And you know, this is the first morning we got him to open up a small bit. Maybe just a few pints last night, and maybe the thought of the few today with the table booked up in, up in uh, Peter's Well or wherever he's booked with his pizza and that. But uh, we won't get anything out of Jack Cunningham until. Uh, Monday morning the 15th of December or the 14th of December the long way to go Dale between this and then the long way to go anything that happened millimetres millimetres Jerry you had a great performance I, I tell you the truth now you had a great performance from Blarney on Saturday night they messed up the accumulator for us we'd be sweating now on Nemo Rangers who are usually good at finals but it, that didn't work out so we, we can't blame you too much on that Mark I, I, Nina, Nina knocked me out fairly early like and you were, you were pulling the piss out of me for that as well for Beck and Nina, but I thought Nina beat Turles after all King Hogan tour. Anyway, but Blarney were very impressive. Uh, Colm Spillane will be a big worry for you with the injury, but but I will say, and I was a bit worried about his farm, Ger, and I've said it here on the show, maybe you weren't done with it. Then. Mark Coleman, I just was a bit worried. Was he burned out or was, do you know what? Do you know that can happen with a lad that bursts onto the scene and wins an all-star and all this and, Jesus, his performance for UCC last week and his performance for Blarney Saturday night were just off the charts, I thought. Yeah, he was really, really good. His striking Dale was was back to you know what we expect of, of Mark Coleman. Like I think but I think their the tactics that Blarney got on the line again, back to what Mark said earlier on, giving management some praise. I think their tactics on the line were spot on. 
Um, they brought their, they play with an extra defender back into that sweeping up. The fact that they played them a couple of weeks ago and lost by six points, the old adage, sometimes you learn more in, in defeat than in victory. Uh, I think they learned an awful lot. Starting the match, they played Coleman and young Shane Barrett, who's another young, fine prospect as well, coming through. Played the two of them at wing forward, um, uh, wing forwards, and uh, I think they got a, got a great start to the game. I think once they, once they, once they, once they dominated, uh, I think Castellan struggled. An unbelievable blow to Castellan for Colin Spillane to go off after a minute. That would have been, you know, their main man, their their, their leader. Their he he is he is Castellan's hurling, and uh, for, for for him to lose. You know, in 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 in, a, in a, he got a belt and it was 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 free Blueford straight away. All top was a bit harsh, but obviously he got a he got a nasty nasty belt. But um, for him to go off was a big big blow, and and I think Blarney it took a while for Castellines I think to come to terms with it. Uh, and but Blarney at that stage had kind of got the couple of scores and got up the gap. Um, and again, but uh, I think the first Castellines they came back. But again, I, I, again you talk about different things like uh, you know they had Castellines had Nigel Leary playing as a sweeper, and he really didn't influence the game. Uh, that much in the context of, 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 of the game that was there and I, I was saying we were just saying on the line why didn't they put Niall O'Leary over in Coleman to try to contain him because if uh, you contain Coleman you take a lot of this thing out of the Blarney uh, scoring potential if you can hold him so I thought it was a mistake to you know to leave Niall free enough to sweep up that he should have taken either Coleman Shane Barrett or Power I think between them scored 1-9 from play and in total got 120 from the three, three lads and they didn't put Niall O'Leary in any of the three players during the game. I thought it was kind of a bit of a mistake, but Blarney on the day, top class, their tactics worked, uh, played really well on the night, and it's, it's very rewarding, you know, that when, I suppose when you go and play, that you produce a big performance on the, on the night of a county final, and uh, they'll be thrilled, they've been coming a while, they have a lot of, um, a lot of good talent, they were, last year they were Premier Minor A in Hurling, um, in Cork, uh, there's some very, very good players, and you can see the likes of Bobby Power and the likes of Shane Barrett coming through, and, uh, They'll step up up into the senior A, and like the last number of years, a team that's coming with momentum, uh, you know, will be will be hard to beat. And they'll, I think, they, again, they'll find their feet fairly well up at that, that level, uh, and they'll only go, they'll only get better and better. Yeah, Mark, can you, uh, you, you told me there this morning that you got a text last night from uh, that veteran wing back who had a stormer in fairness team, George Arden. Yeah. Um, and he was apologising for messing up the accumulator for us but we shouldn't have backed against Blarney he was reminding, reminding you to remind me about uh, Kilmoyley in 2008 yeah if he knew that John Mornan's wedding was the previous week <laughs> he, he could have came up to Kilmoyley fairly confident I tell you I called the training, for the, training session for the Sunday for the Sunday after, after Joe's wedding on the Friday to try and see what I straighten them out a week before the Blarney match. Like to come back straight away on the ferry. I think I was back in the next ferry. I missed one ferry. Three fellas turned up, I think. So Okay. <laughs> you got your answer. I did, I yeah. did. But they're oh. they are a good they have three great forwards, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah, we just you have three great forwards, but just go go back to the, to George Jordan that sent me the text and he's a he's yeah. a doctor. I was involved with him in UCC, an absolute gentleman. A very, very unlucky Anthony with his own career because he got uh, called in by Dennis Welch and he made his debut, unfortunately, above in Kilkenny the day that they absolutely pulverised us above in, above in Northern Park. The massacre. Joe was, Joe, Joe was never heard of again afterwards, unfortunately. Just as just wrong timing, but he's a fantastic horror, fantastic clubman. And you saw the part of the text where himself and the manager, Paul O'Leary, and a very great friend of mine, Martin Lynch, Went with the cup out to Paddy O'Sheans. Now, 
we wouldn't know Pat Joe, but I know from coming to Killa with 40 years, he's related to Scully's here in Killa. An absolute died in the wool, Blarney man, but, you know, got an aneurysm a number of years ago, and Delo, he was anointed, to be fair. I, had, I The family had asked me to call to him, um, and he was on his deathbed, to be fair, but he's pulled through. He was given absolutely no chance of surviving, and he pulled through, and he's still there, and he's in, he's in good health now, good spirits. But Joe said it was a very emotional night when they called out with the cup, and he was, you know, just to get a mention on the podcast. And we've just got to be so clear about the live streaming, the importance it is. And we've mentioned this numerous times about there's a generation of people there. You mentioned your father-in-law earlier on about being able to sit at home and watch the match on television. The GA and clubs and county boards have got to, got to take this on board now and keep spreading the gospel as far as we are concerned out to our communities because everybody's got a smart TV now. Everybody over time will be able to link in and connect it to the television. So that, but you know, to get the message from Joe, they'd obviously seen the match as, as well, live streamed after was, um, a replay of it, but it just shows you what it does for a community to win and the people behind the community that do, are doing massive, massive work. So, Going back to your first question about the three lads, look, we know about Coleman. He's an exceptional talent. He's an all-star already. He's no all-island middle one, but he's an all-star. That'll tell you the, I suppose, the esteem he's held in. But Shane Barrett is without question, you know, I put him slightly ahead of party power at the moment, right? Um, he has it all now. This fella, left and right, a good mover, great sidestep. You know, Pat Ryan's under-20 team this year now is so critical because you have Power, you have Barrett, and you have Alan Connolly. And I'd say if Pat was looking at his team at the start of the year, they'd have been on the radar, but they may not have been on the radar that high up because I don't... I think Paddy Power may have been on the panel last year, but I think they have... Like, any fella that is playing with form, you have got to give them serious, serious consideration. And this, again, is down to the championship format, the group stages, getting your footing in and then getting into the knockout stages. And when it comes to the knockout and Richie Keller made, made the point that, you know, the semi-final game against the Zone was the first knockout game. He was still, he'd still be looking at the three group games as partially knockout as well at the same time. But I, I think the format has proved that the more games you get, the more high quality games players can get, the better they'll improve. Some for us will fall by the wayside, and that's fine. That's no fault of their own. But for the likes of Joran and his management team at senior level, the more often they see fellas in the cold face of championship to prove and continuously prove that they're good enough for the step up, that is the key thing for me. Barrett is a serious operator. Party power is very, very good, but he's still a little bit more to travel, I think, than Barrett. Hello. I liked him. TJ, you're still Hello. with us by fair play. I gotta go. My driver is here, right? I'm heading to Yates. <laughs> right? If if any if anybody's available, call on to Yates last year. I'll buy I'll buy you a drink and a, and a slice of pizza. Yeah, but I got I gotta He's go. Just, I, I tell you, TJ, if you get JP to get get a loan to the helicopter for an hour and send down for lenders after he collects some petty powers, <laughs> you won't have to worry about buying a drink in Yates Lodge, I tell you. You have me number, TJ. I am available. I have the passport from herself. I, I will travel. <laughs> See you later. Good luck. Well done, TJ. Look, TJ. Well done. Enjoy. Well done. Yeah, fair play. Like he, he, Jesus, I tell you, I thought he was a bit shook looking at the start, but he stayed with us great there in fairness to him. Brilliant. <laughs> lads, you want to see him on the field just to know. I know you were caught up watching the, the, the final. He was 
I could only think of the fella from Palace Green who would tell he started the row and, but Jesus Barry Colnan used to play midfield for Galway in the football yeah, he's like, 6-5 now yeah 6-6 yeah. six, six maybe well he took off after him and TJ was backpedalling but he was still jawing and smiling <laughs> at your man it's classic stuff now just classic stuff like you know mm-hmm. talk about getting under their skin he's He's gifted. And then you meet him on the Monday morning here on this Zoom call and he's the greatest gent you ever meet. Like, you know, but anyway, sure. Monday morning, Monday morning quarterbacks were all that, aren't we? But like, on that, Gerald, and Mark has, has banged the drum and I, I mentioned it this morning as well. Like, and obviously, Mark planted the seed and the streaming was a necessity for us this year because we weren't allowed to go. But there is, there is something there maybe then. And Mark has made this point to me, Gerald, rather than paying a tenner here and 20 quid for three games that maybe if the people put out the GA put out a package at the start of the year do you know that you could see every hurling game if you paid a set fee let it be 200 quid but that you could tune in like, because the amount of people great friend of mine now John O'Mara that, that uh, managed the bridge to three championships before the last two they're after winning now John would have won a minor with, with Clare in 97 Conor Farr but John just said to me Saturday night he texts me he said Jesus great game there Dale, are you watching that like do you know, uh, and, and like he'd watch the minor final with your own fella popping over pints. Like there's a, a lad that just loves curling and would love to tune into a Cork minor final or a Tip minor final or a Galway minor final, Limerick one, whatever. Uh, the Kerry final, because John Shane came out as well for a year. And that's the kind of thing that must be looked at going forward, I'd say. Oh, I think they have to look at it, Taylor, because I think there's a huge, uh, I'd say the package is there. There's a huge, uh, I think like the GA, I'd say, didn't know when they went into all this kind of scenario of the streaming and who's covering it, you know, I, I don't think they knew the, the world that they were going to open up. And I think even for club players to be in a situation where like, you know, normally it's the, it's the preserve of the, the county player to be on, this, to be on the television and, uh, you know, you know, uh, you know, displaying their wares and their talents. It, there was club players, you know, like, you know, from at all levels, you know, uh, when, when the matches were being streamed, they're on every television sets in, in houses and pubs, whatever it is. And they got a great, great buzz out of it, like you know, to be seen in that kind of situation. So it's been fantastic across the country. And there's no doubt, I think, that we've seen the start of it now. There will be certainly packages like this will, will come on board. And I think great credit to the examiner for what, they've, for what they've done in Cork. I think from a point of view of the games that they've covered is nothing but being, being goodwill. I think there's huge quality. Um, and I think the, and it's, it's opened up a huge, huge uh, opportunity for people, for, for things going forward. And uh, just before I go off that, I'll just go back to Mark's point on, the, um, on Petty Sheehan. I knew Petty when he was working with Ted Castle, was driving a van for Justin McCarthy's company there, Ted Castle's great man, uh, really nice guy. And uh, I had last touch and I had seen him at the matches there for a bit, but I'm delighted to hear Max news there that uh, that he's that, that, that brought the cup up to see up up, up, up to up to his house, like you know what I mean. So it was a touch up for um still up to Petty, great guy. Yeah, great touch by the Blarney players as well, like you know, that that's the real one, isn't it? Like, you know, that that, that you, you you think about these things, like that's that's the huge thing. It's great to think of, you know, like, I know though Pedro had a huge influence on a lot of those young lads way back, particularly Joe Jordan, Paul O'Leary, Dana McSweeney, when they were young lads growing up, putting the hole in their hand for the first time, like, and, um, you know, through tick and tin, Pedro would be at every Holland game, mm. you know, and it just, you know, the GGA fellas that turn up to every match, like, there's another guy, Jory Mackey from Watergrass Hill, Anthony. Every match I've been at this year, he's from Watergrass, he's been at every game. I don't know how he's getting into the matches. But he's getting into him, and I say, "How are you, Johnny? Grand. Uh, what was the score in that game? Here's the scores now, and here's the stats, and this is the score at halftime. Like, I mean, he'd be a great man to have with you at a match. Like, he'd be taking the scores here, and who's giving away a freeze and all that kind of stuff. But like, 
there is there is definitely people and there are only Jerry, people Jerry, Jerry, Jerry could be doing Hey, come here, Jerry. Jerry could be doing the stats for Killa next year when you go back over. Like, <laughs> you get long hands in that one all day, like I can tell you. <laughs> you might have been watching the soccer. We were watching the bars in Castlehaven, and they, they went to penalties last night. Again, the drama, like at you know, at half past nine o'clock last night to go on like that, like it was incredible. Like, you know what I mean? So from from the start yesterday all the way through, this has been phenomenal. From the G all over the country, you know that uh, that uh, players, club players, can get into the into the dining rooms of, of, of people all over the country hurling a football things has been superb but look just ultimately Mark you know TJ has gone to the 8th Lodge he has revealed that I might stroll down uh, in the evening tomorrow's 065 90 50 565 they have a credit card machine there you can get around for the house there as well right uh, there'll probably be 13 or 14 in every Monday evening you know what I mean it won't break you like but uh, enjoy right. the extension and uh, you'll probably be buying another 2 year old as well I suppose uh, down on Wexford. Uh, is there any chance now that any of the boys that I meet you and Murtis might have had a few quid on the advice that were given at the start and they might send a few euros? You know, it's been 10, hey, it's been 10 year anniversary now at the end of the month, like. Because you didn't rush into, did you? 10 years married? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my lady's reared. <laughs> anyway. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks a million for all the cockness you brought this morning. Uh, we always love it. Uh, and I suppose we'd have to cover the football final or something like that now as well. Like you know. we'll have, That'll be over by the first water break. <laughs> Good luck. See you there, Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.